Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. Let's read it together. Go. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every Sunday we pray like that. Every request, every intended activity that is undertaken by a Christian, by a church denomination fellowship, has to be weighed on this first principle, which is what? Thy kingdom come. Everything that you undertake or plan in your executive committee meetings, in your church council meetings, in your board meetings, God is looking first because that's the first request in the model prayer. God is looking first in that area. Is this going to bring near my kingdom? Thy kingdom do what? Come. This is the first thing we must have in our lives. Whose kingdom? Whose kingdom? You know that Jesus has made it clear that there are several kingdoms. Jesus in the scripture said, Kingdom shall rise against kingdom. So it is important that we recognize what is the kingdom of God and what is another kingdom. Because there are times when I am pursuing my kingdom. I am pursuing my domain. But we must be sure that we are not pursuing the kingdom of something else. Somebody else. Another cause. But what? Kingdom of God. Some of us are pursuing the kingdom of our professions. Some of us are seriously fighting for it. The simple definition of the kingdom of God is thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Simple definition. In every place and any place where the predeterminate counsel of God is being pursued and followed according to God's laid down principles and his timing schedule by his chosen people. That place is operating the kingdom. Any place, any home, any environment 
that what they are planning is what they have received from God. What they are planning is what God has revealed in Scripture He wants to be done. What they are planning is what pleases God. And they go about it in the manner that the Holy Spirit has asked it to be done. And in the timing of the Holy Ghost. That is operating the kingdom. So if I want to raise money for the church and I do it in a way different from what the Bible says, am I operating the kingdom of God? Let's be very clear about that. Some of us may have seen this humorous WhatsApp clip about somebody that was preaching to another and that person was not taking it seriously. And that person brought out a gun and said, Oya, say after me. If you've seen that clip, can I see your hand? Was that the operation of the kingdom of God? Let's be clear about it. It's not enough for me to say it is church work. Is it being undertaken according to the pattern of Jesus and the timing of the Holy Ghost? Every request, every desire must be scrutinized and weighed on how it helps and how it hinders the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Genuine righteousness. Peace. Joy. From the set of the UN Declaration of Rights? No. But from where? The Holy Ghost. From the rule of the Constitution? No. From where? The Holy Ghost. You see, there are several things that crisscross our lives and our endeavors that occasionally mingle with what is kingdom activity, but actually they are different from the kingdom. Hallelujah. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a dragnet. So when you say thy kingdom come, you are asking for men to be dragged into righteousness. And Jesus is made our what? Righteousness. You are asking for people to be brought into Christ. Things that will be done to encourage 
men, women, children come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, follow him, and live by him. That is kingdom business. Hallelujah. Can you say that is kingdom business? Everything. Everything. Everything that brings men, that brings women, that brings children to the saving knowledge of Jesus and to follow him and to live by his word is kingdom business. Let it be clear to our understanding. The kingdom of God is not an estate sprawled between Ninth Mile and Ungu, in which all those who live there are members of Chapel of His Resurrection. And only those who are in Chapel of Resurrection do business there. That is not the kingdom of God. Make no mistakes about that. Should there be estates that Christian live in? Of course. But that's not the kingdom of God. That's not the kingdom of heaven. Several churches invest, invested, and may continue to invest in such projects. But that is not the kingdom of God. Right from the time God called people out of Egypt, was it only the children of Israel that came with them? No. Right from the time he called them out, there was a mixed multitude. It's a mixed multitude. See, kingdom of heaven is beyond the Anglican communion. Kingdom of God does not stop at the borders of Anglican Church. You must understand that. Kingdom of God, every living church is part of it. Every person that is born again of the Spirit of God, no matter the person's tribe, no matter the person's fellowship, no matter the person's denomination, no matter the person's previous religious background, is part of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so when you interact with people, don't be limited by denominational identity. Ask if the spirit of Jesus is living inside them. Operating. Manifesting. Controlling. And support any activity that is doing that. It mustn't be the one coming from Anglican Church. And I'm willing to submit my color for that statement. Kingdom of heaven is beyond us 
and what we see. It's beyond. And it is very important that we know it. Oh, of course, this is part of it. No questions about that. No questions at all. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not national interest or national pride or national supremacy. The kingdom of God is not patriotism. Hello? You see, if I'm very patriotic, I wouldn't want to allow any doctor leave the shores of Nigeria. Our ratios, doctor-patient ratios, are very poor. And in the past years, over 35,000 doctors have left the shores of Nigeria. If I'm patriotic, I will not permit any doctor to leave the shores of Nigeria. But if I'm kingdom-minded, there will be a doctor who is burdened in his heart to be a missionary in Haiti. And I will release him and support him. Do we understand what we're saying? But patriotism is good. Patriotism has in it elements of the kingdom. But don't make the mistake of equating patriotism with the kingdom. Don't make that mistake. The kingdom of God is not American interest. The kingdom of heaven is not Biafra. Stop it. The kingdom of heaven is not Biafra. Biafran agitations must submit to the agenda of the kingdom. And where it goes contrary to the agenda of evangelization of the north and her elements, the Holy Spirit will make sure it does not manifest. Let me tell you. But where it agrees with the plan and purpose of God to bring in the tribes to the Lord Jesus, then, in the fullness of its time, it will come. Every agitation must be examined critically. How does this help with bringing men into the kingdom of God? You must know that. Listen, your citizenship is in heaven. And we must stop living as though we are Biafrans, Igbos, doctors. We must start living as men and women of where? Every building project has to also be weighed on that balance. The kingdom of God is helped 
when people who come to the Lord Jesus have a place to gather. And so far that building project is intended and actually helps God's people to move in the work of the kingdom, you can call that a kingdom project. But if it doesn't fit into that criteria, again, no apologies. That is not kingdom project. No apologies. None. Uh, do you know that the kingdom of God is not the same thing as social justice? Do you know? Eh? Gender rights, gender equality, child rights, workers' rights. That is not the kingdom of God. Eh? If you thought so, repent now. If you thought so, what did you hear? Do what? Do what? I didn't hear you very well. Do what? Social justice is not the kingdom. Gender equality is not the kingdom. Workers' rights. That's not the kingdom. Uh, Hallelujah. You know, when we have that movement of social rights, there are things in it that are different from the principles of Christ. And once you meet something that is different from the principle of Christ, don't ask any further. That thing does not belong to... I'm speaking to men and women of understanding. Once the principles deviate from the principles of Jesus, that thing is no longer kingdom. Of course, in the kingdom, all nations will be at peace. Of course, in the kingdom, all God-given rights will be upheld. Of course, in the kingdom of God, whether you are of the male or female gender, whether you are of the Igbo race of the Hausa Fulani, whether you are a child or an adult, in the kingdom, when the kingdom of God is operating fully, those rights are ensured, those rights are in operation. Amen. Why? Why do we say what we say? Let this saying sink down to your heart, ye who would serve Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven to come, rights, privileges will be voluntarily given up for men to come into the kingdom. Write it down. 
for the kingdom of heaven to come into the lives of men. Rights. Gender rights. Rights. Workers' rights. Rights. Wife rights. Husband rights. Rights that the United Nations has said are inalienable will be voluntarily given up so that men will come where? Into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Can we turn to First Peter chapter 2? Hmm? Let's begin to prove some of these allegations. In First Peter chapter 2, we find something that is maybe strange to social rights crusaders. First Peter chapter 2 from verse 17. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. The king in the time of Peter was taken as deity and was hating and hateful of believers. Some of the emperors actively encouraged the killing of Christians, throwing them to the sword, throwing them to the animals. Verse 18, Slaves, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Lawyer will not agree with me on this, so lawyer will not agree with me. Submit to the person that is harsh, cruel. No, stand up for your rights. For it is commendable if because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Uh -uh. Commendable that you are suffering wrongfully. Does that agree with social rights? Titus. Titus chapter 2. Verse 8, exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not stealing from them, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the, the doctrine of our God, our Savior, in all things. Can we say that they may adorn the doctrine, that they may... Adorn the doctrine. Hallelujah. You see here the purpose in that kingdom demand. That though you're suffering wrongfully, you are still obedient in all things so that you will adorn the gospel. The maid that was in the house of Naaman the Syrian, the leper, you know that she was booty from a raid. So it is quite possible that her parents were killed so that she'll be collected. Is that not true? Aha. Uh -huh. But you don't see this lady 
been recorded as praying for God to send down vengeance on the man that brought her into captivity. But telling the mistress, if this, my master, will go to Israel, there will be healing from his... Biko, how many lepers had been cleansed in Israel before Naaman? Eh? How many? How many? From the time Miriam was cleansed of leprosy. Do we have any record of cleansing of leprosy? She exercised her faith against social justice for the purpose of the kingdom. I hope we begin to understand what we're saying now. Huh? Hallelujah. Kingdom of God guarantees those things. The kingdom of God will of course ensure equal rights. But suffering is necessary in the kingdom for it to advance. I didn't say that suffering is occasionally used. I said that suffering is necessary in the kingdom for the kingdom to do what? Advance. Is God pro-slavery? Of course not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 21, the Bible says that if you are a slave, care not for it, but if you have the opportunity to be free, use it. You have bought at a price. Don't be the slaves of men. Is God wanting slaves to be treated harshly? Of course not. In Philemon chapter 1, Philemon has only one chapter, verse 16 to 18, you see what Paul said there to Philemon. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me a partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. Because how do we receive general overseers? Do we give them cane? Do we serve them bread or do we bring out the fatted calf for them? Do they sleep on the floor next to the fireplace or do we give them a secluded bed that is well furnished? Eh? So you see Paul saying, look, uh, you that is the slave owner, treat him the way you would if Venerable came to stay with you for the weekend. You know the way you would treat him. He doesn't usually spend much time, but you know how you package it so that he will be well treated. Hallelujah. So it is definite that God is against slavery. But God never said to the people who were slaves that had gotten born again, Arise, walk away from your masters, and any day they come after you, I'll send fire after them. Hallelujah. We don't have slaves today. But we have workers 
who often their rights are trampled upon, deprive them. Sometimes the ignominy of it is that sometimes you are negotiating for a percentage of the pay of what you have already done. Evil. Evil. But be it known to you that there are people whom God had appointed in hospitals to receive the gospel before they died, that because we went on strike, they went without hearing that gospel. Whether you accept that or not, that is the fact. There have been people God appointed should meet with you at your post in the health system. And you went on strike to collect your rights. And Satan plucked those people. And they went to hell. So whose kingdom have you worked for? The kingdom of God is not the same as doctor's rights. Make no mistake about that. But the kingdom of God is when you, the doctor, insist on using your position, your influence, your progress to bring men, women, children, patient relations, your co-workers onto the saving knowledge of Christ. That is the kingdom in operation. And let the Lord do that which is good. Should a Christian protest? Yes. When they slapped Jesus, he said, if I've done what is wrong, tell me. But if I have not, why did you slap me? Husband rights must be submitted if the kingdom is to progress. Wife rights must be submitted. That's why First Peter 3.1 is there. When he said, likewise, when you look at your Bible, you say First Peter 3, 1 starts with likewise. Likewise what? Like what? Like that First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Hus- uh, slaves, be submissive to your owners. Likewise, wives, if your husband is not obeying the truth, be submissive to him, so that without the word, he will be converted. Oh, how many, how many homes are cracking because someone has said, I can't take this shit any longer. I can't. Abrotako is wisdom. And interestingly, First Peter 3 verse 7 also says, Husbands, like wives. So when your wife takes your money and tears the check stop so that you won't even know, love her. Love her. When you come home deadbeat, tired, and say, sweetheart, is there any food? And he says, I'm a graduate like you. Go and pick the food. When you're burning with sexual desire, and you touch her and she slaps your hand and says, stop that. Love her. Love her. It's not a question of whether she's obedient, loving, and submissive. It's a question of whether the kingdom of God 
is operating in you. Hey, Biko, my wife is not like that. For the avoidance of doubt. Amen. I'm not speaking because my wife is treating me like that. Aha. For the avoidance of doubt. You see, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 24, Paul said, I fill up in my flesh the suffering that remains for the body of Christ, his church. Paul's rights as a citizen of Rome had to be put aside in Acts of the Apostles chapter 16 so that the Philippian jailer could be reached. You remember when Paul came out of that prison? They said, oh yeah, you can go now. He said, hmm? You have flogged us without trial and put us in prison. Us that are Roman citizens. So he always knew he was a Roman citizen. When he came to Jerusalem and they wanted to scourge him, he said, ask him whether he's supposed to scourge a Roman citizen who is uncondemned and they will you. But in Acts chapter 16, he set aside his citizenship rights and he was flogged, his back laid open, and in the midnight he was singing so that that Philippian jailer could receive the kingdom of God. A missionary had been in Iran. When he was about coming out, he was taken, tortured, beaten, slapped regularly until he wanted to commit suicide. The glory of Jesus stopped him. And God opened his eyes to see how much God loved his torturers. And finally, he said to his torturer, It's like I'll be here for quite some time. We might as well get to know each other. And the torturer was. And he gave testimony about Jesus and they got born again. Listen, there are some of you whom God will have to pass through some unjust suffering so as to reach people that would otherwise not be reached. That is the fact. It took the death of Gemeliot, Saint, and other missionaries for the Orca Indians to be reached. In fact, Natsain's son came back to the Orca Indians to minister to those that killed his father. I'm talking to an army. I'm not talking to children who want to suck milk. Maybe now you can understand why when one of the sons of the prophets said to a soldier, wound me. And the soldier said, no, I won't wound you. He said, ah. God's plan and purpose now is for me to be wounded, and you don't agree. And another person now agreed and wounded him. And the purpose of the kingdom now came to pass. Oh, we have shied away from wounds. We have fasted, prayed, bound, cast. And said like Peter, this shall never happen to you. Oh, that we'll hear the voice of Jesus saying, 
you are reasoning like men. Is it not written in Luke chapter 24, when Jesus rose again from the dead, that he said to Cleopas and his fellow, Oh foolish of heart, slow to believe what the prophet had said. Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer like this and then enter into his glory? Many of you quote the Bible saying, We are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. You quote it, don't you? I hope you know that that is a condition. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says, If children, then heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if we suffer with him, that we may also reign with him. And Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 12 makes it categorical. If we suffer, we will also reign with him. Anybody who wants to keep his sword from blood is not going to get going. Hallelujah. You see, the kingdom of God is not when we have Christians in office. There was a time we were praying in the health fields. Lord, we want consultants in office. Lord, we want medical directors in office. To my shame, we have some medical directors that profess Christ, but they package bribes for those from Abuja. Sadly, we have Christians that are in politics, but the system that brought them to their office is holding them so that they cannot speak for the kingdom of God. When they want to shake their body, they say, remember, there's a court case and you know that you are not really the candidate that came through the primaries. And you keep wondering, ah, he's a brother now. I know him. I know his testimony. I know he gave his life to Christ. I know he was laying hands on people and they were falling under the anointing, receiving the Holy Ghost. What is happening? Kingdom of God is not when we have Christians in office. Kingdom of God is when the will of God is operating, moving, no matter the cost. The will of God is done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brethren, there is nothing secular. There is nothing like this is my secular life and this is my church life. That's an error. If your Christianity cannot be advanced by your profession, then that profession is not a good one. For the kingdom to come, you need to use your profession for the kingdom. Uh, how many of you know that Paul was preaching and as a result of his ministration in two years, the whole of Achaia came to know 
about Jesus. Can I see your hand if you know that? Thank you very much. Do you also know that he didn't travel from place to place to achieve that, but that every day in the lecture hall of Tyrannus, he preached the gospel. Release your lecture halls for Jesus. There is nothing secular. Release your courts for Christ. Release your hospitals for Christ. Release your businesses. In full gospel voice, I read about a man who sold knives. And in every pack of knives, buck knives, was a tract. Hallelujah. 2003, I went to West Africa College of Surgeons Conference in Abuja. And when I opened my conference bag, among the conference materials was a pack of condoms. And I said, if they can put condom in conference bag, I will put tracts in conference bag. That is my own HIV prevention. Because HIV is A, B, C. So when I give you tracts, you will do abstinence. There is nothing secular. What's the environment of the kingdom? In Psalm 110, Bible says, my, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord will send thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou, where? In the midst of your enemies. The environment of the kingdom is opposition. It's written there in Luke chapter 19. When people thought the kingdom was going to appear, Jesus said in the parable, But his citizens hated him and said, We will not have this man rule over us. And that is where he had said to them, hmm? Occupy until I come. Hallelujah. Can you say occupy until I come? The environment of the kingdom is that of hostility. In Psalm 2 verse 1, the Bible says, Why do the heathens rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing? They have gathered. And even that beloved Psalm 23 says, You have put a table for me. Where? If you were having your savior, your shepherd, why are enemies still around? For those of us who want to pray for our enemies to die, you want to remove the environment of the kingdom before it comes. The Lord will set a table for you where? The kingdom environment is forceful advancement in a hostile situation. And you see, it's not using knives, using guns, using bombs. The church I know of, when the government came to deal with their structures, some of their members carried petrol bombs to make sure that their structures were not mowed down. 
And of course, the people left. They thought they had won. Actually, Satan had won. Because Jesus said in John chapter 18, verse 36, I wish you would get there very sharp, very, very sharp. John chapter 18, verse 36. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my followers fight that I will not be handed over to you. But now is my kingdom not of this world. Can you say the kingdom of Jesus is not of this world? Therefore, I will not fight physically. The kingdom of heaven is not of this world. Therefore, I will not fight physically. Hallelujah. All these things are possible because of the power the kingdom pushes. And it's a power that transforms. In Philippians 3 verse 20, the Bible talks about the power that Jesus has to bring all things subject to his will and to transform our lowly bodies to be like his resurrected body. All this is possible because the kingdom of God advances with power. Not power of brute force, but power from the resurrected Christ. The power that transforms and by which God makes all things submissive to his will. That's the power of the kingdom. Hallelujah. That's the power. So I want to ask you, do you want to be a member of this kingdom? Do you want to be part of this kingdom that Jesus is talking about? Can we sing what we sang at the beginning? Uh, that's the hymn for sermon. Just that first verse. Thy kingdom come, O Lord. Thy rule, O Christ, begin. Break with thine iron rod. The tyrannies of sin. As we are rounding up, I ask you. Is the kingdom of God ruling in your heart? That's where it starts. The tyrannies of sin, have they been broken in you? What is ruling you? Some of us scheme for position. We scheme for influence. We go to meetings so that we will be noticed and placed for positions. When dinner is so seed to some bishops, I say for bagging me for election, that's not the kingdom of God. In my home, we have this habit of hosting people, and uh, when somebody gives to one of my children. The other one said, Ah, 
be like say I go show myself more to those people who will give me. I say ah. I say ah. This time when people come, we know those who will give. I said, has the work of hosting God's people now been transformed into knowing those who will give? And immediately said, no, 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 we're not serious. And I thank God that they are not going to do that again in Jesus' name. See, when you are doing these things because you are positioning yourself so that people will give you, don't deceive yourself. That's not kingdom work. Don't deceive yourself. That is not kingdom work. I don't care how many people say, the Lord bless you. For the Shunammite woman, give. Not looking for reward. She wasn't even doing it as a seed to get her son. The prophet had to inquire. Hallelujah. But like God said in the Bible and in the words of prophecy, far be it from me, them that honor me. Let God look for ways to honor you. Let God be looking for ways to honor you. Hallelujah. So what is it that is holding you? Is it the flesh that is ruling you? In the internet, you don't know what happens to you that you can't do without checking a pornographic site. You are ruled by lust. You are an excellent professional. But you can't resist anything in skirts. What is ruling you? That's not the kingdom of God. Taking advantage, deceiving, and luring people into sin because you have been lured yourself. That's not what should be ruling you. Today, we want to urge you, let the kingdom come into your life. Hallelujah. Don't presume because God is working miracles and you are bringing and you are getting healing that that necessarily means you are in the kingdom. Listen, in Luke chapter 10 verse 11, when Jesus was telling the apostles about healing and preaching, he said, tell them the kingdom of God has come where? Near. If you are getting healing, don't assume you are in the kingdom. You are near. Don't assume that uh -uh, when I prayed, God healed me. When I asked, I got a promotion. You are what? Don't presume because you can recite the commandments very well. Because you know which one is the most important and more important commandment. And you are correct. That not necessarily means you are in the kingdom of God. Don't. In Mark chapter 12 verse 34. When that man said to Jesus, Yes, Master, to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might is greatest. There is nothing like it. Jesus didn't tell him you are in the kingdom. He said, Thou art not far. Don't presume. 
Don't presume. Don't presume that because you know what is written and you interpret it correctly, that you are there. But there was this thief hanging on the cross who understood that he was a sinner. Who publicly was public. That's why it was recorded by Luke. People heard him. Publicly said, we are receiving the due reward for our sins. But this man has done nothing. Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Who is it among us that will acknowledge I have sinned? Who is it that will acknowledge I have been ruled by lust? Who is it that will acknowledge I have gone away and have not lived my life, not conducted my affairs according to the pattern of the kingdom of God, even though I was on a just course? And will hope on God's mercy as that man did. But when that man said, Lord Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Jesus said to him, today. And I say to you that so repent like that man, today you will be with Christ. Today the spirit of Christ will come into you in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray two sets of prayers. First set is for as many of us as have been having their eyes opened today. Ah, I thought I was in the kingdom, but I was just near. I thought I was in the kingdom, but actually what Jesus was saying to me is, you are not far. But today, I want to step in. I acknowledge that I have sinned against God. I acknowledge that I have sinned against his name. I acknowledge that I have done what is wrong in his sight. Like Reverend Ajari to just pray with such people. If you fall into that category of persons, can you just say this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning. For your word that has come to me, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I need your kingdom in my life. I have lived my life assuming that I'm in thy kingdom. Lord, from today, have mercy upon me. Wash my sins with your precious blood and cancel my name from the book of death. Write my name in the book of life. Let your kingdom come in my life. That from this day henceforth, grant me the power to live the life of the kingdom. May your kingdom manifest in everything I do from today henceforth. To the glory of your name, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I lift up your children into your hands. They have come before you, O God, because you have touched their lives. Almighty and everlasting Father, Lord, I pray that God, you that have drawn them,
Renew their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Lord, I pray that from today, you will grant them that newness of life. May they enjoy, O God, the touch of your kingdom. Lord God Almighty, grant them your Holy Spirit. That God will continually cause a bubble of joy in their hearts. The joy of salvation. That from this day henceforth, they will live in righteousness and in holiness. Throughout this year, 2018, they will experience victory that comes by your kingdom. Thank you, Almighty God. Because you begin a new walk in the life of these ones to the glory of your name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We're going to make a prayer now. For those who don't want to serve their profession, but they want to serve Jesus in their profession. Please, if you are not touched, don't come. Because... We're releasing you into things that are going to be different from others. For those who don't want to fight for their rights, but who want to fight for the kingdom with the arsenal of Jesus. For those who are not going to be part of those that will fight for their profession, but those who are going to use their profession to bring men into the kingdom of God. I bid such people come to the altar. Let's commission you. In Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father, indeed we hear the sound of the army of the Lord. Marching on, even as your people have come this morning. Lord, declaring for you. That in their places of work that they will serve you. Lord, that in their places of work they will not merely do what is right, but what is right in your eyes. That they will not merely live lives as civil servants, as businessmen, but that they will live lives that are worthy of your praise and your glory. Father Lord Almighty, even as they have come forward, we commit them into your hands and we pray. That like the midwives, O Lord Almighty, who were able to do what was right, even in the eyes of God. Father, we ask, O God, that you strengthen them. That you make a way of escape for them, even in times of difficulty. In the name of Jesus, Father, may you perfect your will concerning them. May they continually hear your voice when they turn to the right or when they turn to the left. In every situation, in the name of Jesus. Father, when men in the offices are looking for easy way out, Lord, they will stand by your dictates in the name of Jesus. Father, we call upon you, O God, at this time for grace, for unction. Lord, that even all the time, O God, people will look at them in their offices, Lord, and they will find a reason to say, indeed, these ones are the servants of the Lord. These ones are the armies of the Lord. And so, Father, we declare that as they go, Lord, they shall go, even as the armies of the Lord, to do great exploits. For the message we have heard this morning, 
Thank you, Lord, because you have quickened our souls. You have awakened us. You have showed us what it is like to be in your kingdom, to live a life that is worthy of your praise. Father, help us, O God, in all that we will do from today henceforth. May we follow your footsteps. Thank you, Father, for answers to our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.